0: I'm To an all new episode, I am your host as always, BJ. I got a special guest with me today, Mister Kyle Buck. Hello, what's he, up, BJ? He is a longtime um, supporter of mine. I'm a longtime supporter of his. He is actually a stand up comedian, podcaster, played the banjo, uh, <laughs> runs the scene in Anderson for Kettle Top.
1: <laughs> the, yeah, I mean those are those are all various hats I have worn or am wearing absolutely
0: yeah we have a special bond i mean you've done our shows uh, um did smudcast with me yeah um you were there um thinking of when my dad was sick and even after we passed you did a couple potathons with us
1: yeah that was uh th- that was definitely an awesome experience i mean i g- given the circumstances obviously but but the experience i definitely have a fond fond memory of
0: i've never listened to that one i really? mean cause it was so long and, and yeah i tried to and everything like that but wasn't able to yeah um but now I'm, I went back and listened to a couple of the old Smugcast ones, and I was just like, wow, these are kind of funny. <laughs> like, I'm not saying they weren't good, yeah. but I, I got to the point where I didn't listen to them. I would listen to them just to check the sound, uh, but AP did that more than me. But now with my the ones I do, I just check for sound. Like, okay, yep. it sounds good. Everything's good. And then I fast forward to, like, the certain parts where I had to do stuff. I'm like, we're good. Like, I do it I'd pre-post, pre but I do it, and that's the only thing I listen to because after a while, you get tired of listening to your own voice. So, <laughs> But and then like one thing, um we actually hung out last night in mm-hmm. real world time. I know uh, this is coming out now, but we were. <laughs> it was funny is we were doing a Facebook Live. Yeah. And I was running the uh, the board and the computer, and then uh, you sent me a message like, "Hey, can I come through?" Yeah. And I was like, and I and it was I was flagging down uh, Juice, and I was like, "Hey," and he was like, "Yeah, come on over." And then, um, and I was just like, and then I put you in the worst possible because me and you were sitting across from each other in the studio and the studio looks bigger on camera. Yeah. I always get that. Like, wow, this, I mean, it's pretty awesome, but it's not as big as I thought. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you think. What, What is this room? Like 13 by nine or something maybe?
1: Yeah. I'd say probably something like that. Maybe 15 by eight, maybe.
0: So we were, we were doing that. That was pretty interesting. And then we ended up doing, doing a longer show. So, but one thing I wanted to say was, um, we were talking about last night because um, you do stand-up comedy, and you've actually helped me a lot in mine, not just stand-up, but but even here with the show, because I felt like I always would go too not too far, but I was just trying to see what was funny to other people, and then yeah. I just and then as we met, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna rein it back a little bit and just be more natural, and I yeah. and that's where I felt like I got a lot better.
1: Sure, and I kind of uh, talked about this. I, I did. Uh, pops in the recon earlier and um one of the things that we talked about was um being able to putting a personal perspective on an observation makes it so much more easily relatable to an audience than to just say hey this thing happened because then all of a sudden the audience has to make a judgment call in their head on whether what you described as funny or not but if you can list an observation or be in a conversation or have any type of banter in which you're able to put your own perspective on it and make it unique then people are more likely to relate to that um because of the the personal
0: perspective when when did you decide that you like i'm gonna when was the first time you went to comedy and then when was like hey i think i can do something with this um, the first time I
1: went to like a mic, uh, I think was like October of 2016 around there. Um, and, uh, I did just told an old story and, and, uh, one thing I tried to write, I tried to write a little thing that was absolute garbage. Um, but, uh, that was the first time I went up and then the next, the following May, um, I decided to start comedy at Kettletop. And by running those shows for a few months, you know, first few weeks in, it was just such an awesome, fun time to bring people together and just laugh. You know what I mean? And uh, I think that between that and getting out and performing more and and actually, you know, getting a different type of stage in front of me, I think was really uh, just... I gravitated towards it.
0: Yeah. Kettletop is actually in Anderson, Indiana. I've done, yeah. s- I've done staying up there mm-hmm. and I've also went to shows there in one, one thing about, I like about going there when you have your show shows, I know, I mean, open mic is one thing people were yeah. saying, but when you have your show shows, like I love the crowd there. Yeah. It's fantastic. Like it's a crowd that wants to watch comedy and it allows the comedians to be comedians.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a, um, it's a great response that we've had from the city and, uh, it's been just an absolute joy to be able to bring some of these comedians through, you know, we just had the, the, you know, King of Indianapolis comedy, Ryan Neemiller, you know, just get third on America's got talent. He did our show a month ago, you know, a month, month and a half ago. And, uh, um, that's just such a crazy thing to, to be able to get that sort of caliber of talent in such a small area, you know, such a small market, supposedly, um, in the market. And, uh, you know, it's just cool and a lot of fun. The the crowd's been fantastic.
0: Do you think you're more... Maybe, this is a hypothetical maybe. So would you rather go to a place where you know the crowds are more receptive or go to a place where crowd you don't know, but they're going to pay you more to go to X than you are to where maybe the better crowd is to be a lower pay?
1: Um, I mean... Obviously, I'd love to do both. But <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I mean. But but, uh, but but if it came down to it, I mean, th- th- there's a lot of X factors involved there. But um, but but I I think every comedian, if they had a choice, would you know, want to pick a great crowd. You know what I mean? Um, bad crowds or or you know, slow crowds are one of those things you come across every now and then, and you can't do anything to avoid them. But mm-hmm. if you can do what you can to make a choice to get, to to find a club with a better crowd, then you know, by all means,
0: we did get some questions for you. Okay. Uh, pretty, some of them are pretty standard. The first one is how soon this one's kind of a two-parter. How soon did you know you were bombing at one point in time? And do you, and then, and is there another time that you're, that you're the worst? And then they actually asked me the same question. Well, I'll answer after you.
1: Okay. So like, I, I just want to make sure I got the question clear. So, like, what's the earliest point in a set I've realized yeah, that I'm bombing? Like, oh man! <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I I would say it's as uh, probably the earliest <laughs> would be probably under thirty seconds in. I was at Crackers, and I <laughs> came up with the stupidest like Cheryl Crow reference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. Uh, i think it was the the it was a one-liner and it was basically uh um so i've been uh reading cheryl Crow's new book on philosophy uh, and it turns out that uh, every day is a winding road and <laughs> it's a st- it's stupid as hell It it's dumb as hell but there were literally crickets literally crickets and it must, it, have, been, it was- it must have been
0: kid rock fans <laughs>
1: Yeah, something, I don't know. But uh but yeah, no. I think that's probably the earliest and that was definitely, you know, that was probably under 20 seconds. That was probably under 15 seconds in
0: I um so the la- the the worst that I ever did was um I wasn't even going to an open mic. We went there. It was Juice and I. We went up there Right before, uh, I don't know what month it was. It was right when they were doing the All Stars. That you know, even you had one in Anderson, right? Kettle yeah, top, yeah. So we're going there because they have an extra room at Joker's. Like, hey, can we sit up over here? Maybe interview some comedians. You know, help build their presence. And that's why we're there to meet the 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 guy that runs Joker's. Yeah. But unfortunately, Ben was there, Politsky, and Antenna. How hey, you gonna go up? You gonna go? I was like, No, nah, I'm I'm just I'm here to do this. Yeah. And then you know, and Ben Ben and tina uh, Tin I think it's Tina McDonald correct yeah. Correct. Ben Polisky those guys are very convincing people although she
1: did just get married so I'm not sure if she's changing her name or not but but from my most recent recollection I believe so so
0: and they were like go up and I was like no and because Tina hadn't seen me like actually go on stage not that it's anything special but Ben I've done it with Ben a couple times and I, so I went up there not prepared at all. Right. It was my my dad had passed. I have not been writing. Sure. had not been working on anything. And I was just like, All right, I'll go up there. Just um and the girl before me, the lady before me, said something about um sorry I depressed all you guys and walking up is like probably not as depressed as I am and I was just like, No one heard me and then so and then I see Avery Sanders. Yeah. I, I'm going into about family and I'm like and Avery has um she's with someone arm around and I was like, you know what it's like to be in a, uh, uh, you know, a relationship and, uh, Avery goes, yeah, yeah. Don't bring me into this. And I was just like, I'm done. Like oh, I, I, and I, I know I was then then I went into something I else I had worked on, you know, I've done it many other times. So I went into that, finished up early and. Went off, and I was yeah. just like, and I was just like, uh, that happens, man. The week after that, went to kettle top, yeah. and then that's when you're like, hey, that's probably the best you had done. Yeah. So I had died a slow death. Oh yeah, yeah, no, and that's what
1: that's what a good bombing is. Is it's that it's that over it's that overacted death that uh, occurs in old movies where someone's like, ah,
0: ah, ah. Don't bring me you know? Don't bring. And I Avery's gonna be on the show, and I can't wait yeah. to and go. You remember the last time I saw you? <laughs> you said, "Don't bring me into this." Yeah. That's the reason you're on this show. Now you're into <laughs> this. <laughs> no, and and that's fine because and one thing uh, and the other question I got on most open mics, it's the majority made of uh, comedians, correct? Um, I mean, that's a myth. That a lot of people that don't go to them think that they are
1: like just think the audience. It, yes, yeah, it, the audience. I a lot of them are. I mean, um, I mean, there's that's definitely a good usually a good amount of, um, good percentage of the room. Um, but not always like helium has a nice, has a well attended, uh, open mic cracker seems to do. Okay. Jokers does. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, and some of these shows are packed on, on, on the right night. You know, you just, you know, it's one of those things with a weekly event or a regular event. Sometimes you're, there's going to be an ebb and flow in your crowd size, but, uh, um, you know, a, a lot of the room is comedians, but not all of it. No.
0: What makes it? What does make a good open mic, in your opinion? And in, in order to be, if you are someone who who either is just starting in it or or starting to get the or starting to really take it. I, you, more seriously is, yeah. is there a certain place where you not I'm not thinking about where to go in Indianapolis but yeah is there, yeah. Is there a certain thing like you've been turned off by one or like oh this is why I want to go here
1: well I think that that what makes a good mic is is really the environment you know what I mean you could take the same caliber of comedians out of a comedy club and put them in a coffee shop and do the exact same jokes And you're going to have a way better experience at a comedy club than you are at a coffee shop. And so I think if you can cultivate the right experience and the right environment for an open mic, um, then I think you're going to have the most fun. Like, uh, Gutty's here in town does a really, really great job of doing their Laugh Sabbath, um, their Sunday open mic. Um, And, uh, you know, I think what makes good mics good mics are really just that, environments
0: yeah i mean because it, it, it there if anytime you're trying to learn or do something new it's all about being in the right environment oh for sure um and then yeah gutty's just opened up in greenwood do you when did they when did they open
1: oh it's been i mean a couple of months now i think
0: and then that club's a little bit different than the other clubs you go to just with one aspect correct with it being clean
1: yeah 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 they they uh they uh do run clean shows uh, family friendly shows um which is really cool and we kind of talked about that at, today uh earlier which was um i i love their approach to it which is really just you know there's nowhere else around town that does that and so you know you can't isolate a part of the market you know what i mean so they not only want to provide a place for family-friendly comedy but also challenge um other comedians in the area that do want to work clean and they do want to have clean opportunities because anyone who's wanting to do comedy in a, in a professional sense is probably going to want to have the versatility to work clean or dirty Um, because you, you know, want to get as many gigs as possible. So um, I think that having a place that features people to do that and give them an avenue to force them to do that, I think is, is really cool and, and will only grow comedians that go there. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and that's and like I said, that's something. uh, I live in Greenwood. I need to check it out. Just got to clear my schedule. Yeah. Um, Outside of podcasting, um, what what are your other hobbies that you do have that you enjoy? Your your passion about besides your comedy?
1: Um, I mean, I love playing disc golf. Um, That's a huge. fun activity for me um we have a really nice course in anderson um shout out to the anderson disc golf club um for making that course really really nice um that is free to go play on and and you know i got my discs in the trunk at all times just if i want (laughs) to hop over there you know bang some chains baby (laughs) you know what i'm saying
0: and then last night you're talking about um conspiracy theories yeah and and i saw you light up last night when you brought something up (laughs) what is do you think and um right now is the probably the most trendy conspiracy conspiracy theory to talk about
1: trendy or like important
0: well like where a lot of people know just a little bit of it but they may not but they don't dive any deeper into it
1: yeah um i mean i think that I mean, the the one that's probably the most trending right now on media is probably the um, aircrafts, the, uh, the flying, um, the Air Force called them, I believe, unidentified uh, aerial phenomena um, that was just released by the Navy, which is pretty bizarre. I think that's kind of the most recent trending thing right now media-wise. But I think that a lot of people, the most interest is uh, kind of coming out of the weird jeffrey epstein situation
0: yeah and for i think
1: that's grabbed a lot of people's attention
0: yeah and no, no i and i agree with that 100 percent. with the with the epstein is because it seems like as soon as something starts to get a little bit of a smoke and then all of a sudden it's like they start fanning those flames and like oh come over here and look at this yeah a lot of misdirection i think we talked about last night because epstein because his story is, you told me this, is he, how did he make his millions? No one
1: really knows. That's one of the weird things about it. Um, he dropped out of school, but was a math genius, was given a job as a school teacher, was fired from that job for inappropriate behavior. Uh, well, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He uh, was recruited from that job by um, Bear Stearns as a banker broker um uh a math whiz but he jumped from area to area due to you know inappropriate activity and he just acquired he ended up managing this you know big hedge fund and you know just had all this money no one really knew where it came from crazy
0: and how is that how he he met some of these power players besides going into yeah, yeah yeah yeah. The other part of it.
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's very easily part of it. Um he was a money manager. So I mean, you know, people would invest money with him because he had these, you know, financial and mathematical skills that um you know, were able to get a good return on it. So people were investing their money with him, but he had never done it before, which made it so weird. The fact that, I mean, if a guy came off the street and said, hey, I've never invested money before, but give me $100 million or $10 million or whatever to invest for you. I've never done it before, but I can do it. You would not do that. But apparently everyone did that with Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah,
0: his education was Cooper Union, no degree, New York University, no degree. And then he was a financier, uh, owner, Jeffrey Epstein, the Six Foundation, that... I mean that's it's unreal because he'd actually got charged before.
1: Um. Yeah, he had some stuff come down on him in like two thousand four or five.
0: Yeah. T- yeah. In um, two thousand five, police in Palm Beach, Florida, began investigating Epstein after a parent complained that he had sexually abused her fourteen-year-old daughter. Epstein pleaded guilty, and was convicted by a Florida state court of soliciting a prostitute and a procuring underage girl for prostitution in two thousand and eight. Yeah. I mean. I mean. This guy was. And it's funny, is because in he is
1: and that that skimmed over kind of a of a, a lot of it. There, there was more than one. He got the initial charge from one girl that came forward, but there ended up being dozens that came forward um, when that was all said and done. Um, and and they were massage therapists, quote unquote. Yeah, if, well- if they were they were young girls that if he they needed money, they could just call Jeffrey because he usually. Needed a massage or knew someone who needed a massage.
0: Yeah, because it was that's ex- kinda, that's how he did things. In 1974, he was teaching physics and mathematics teacher for teens at the Dalton School in the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Was hired by Donald Barr, father of U.S. Attorney General William Barr.
1: Boom, weird connection. Uh, was one. the
0: headmaster till 1974. Epstein taught at an exclusive private school from the fall of 74 until he was dismissed. In 1976 for poor performance oh
1: that's right he was dismissed from the school okay that's what i thought and
0: then um while teaching the school Epstein became acquainted with alan greensburg the chief exit uh, the ceo of bear stearns whose son and daughter were going to the school greensburg daughter lynn copel pointed to a parent teacher conference where epstein influenced another Dalton parent into advocating him to greensburg greenberg impressed with epstein's intelligence and drive for financial success offered him a job Yeah, he was the Alan Ace. I wish I had a cool nickname, Ace. Ace? They called him Ace. Alan uh, Greensburg called him Ace, was the chairman of executive committee of the Bern Stearns Company Incorporated. He died in 2014. But yeah, I mean, this guy, I mean, that's a power player to know right there. And was we know, once you get to an elite level, money-wise or even influence-wise, like the rules do change for you. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, if you get busted for cocaine, you know, and you live in a mobile home, you're screwed. Yeah. But if you get busted for cocaine and your dad is or you know, ace here, then he yeah. might be able to help you out with a lawyer.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um if not be a lawyer himself.
0: Yeah, and, and it was it was funny, is just this guy, um how he was able to meet so many people and you know, a lot of people cover this and stuff of like that. Um, and then he had tied to Saudi Arabia everywhere. Well, he actually,
1: um, when his house was raided, they found a Saudi Arabian passport with a fake name, um, his picture, fake name, fake address, fake identity, but with his face, Saudi Arabian passport um, that no one knows why he had. So a lot of weird shit around that
0: yeah and then what and then that's the one that's just i mean but it, it just seems like this one is just all of a sudden everybody's like stop looking at this over here oh and yeah and yeah no no no. i, I think he brought up the definitely... ufos because it's one of those things like oh ufos like hey what's good they so the the and they're like, you know, the Navy confirmed they didn't know what they were, but could they have been drones? Could have been this? We don't know. Yeah. And also, we I mean, forget about like this guy as Tyson Clinton and yeah. um, Trump. And, well, and tons of people. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And it that that there's just such a deeper rabbit hole that goes into anything that Jeffrey Epstein was involved with. You know, the, there's stuff that we know he was involved with. He, he has an island. You know what I mean? That is just bizarre and weird. And uh, you was know. it like
0: Doctor Moreau? Is that was it? That the book? The uh, I don't remember. Well, there's there's a movie called Doctor Moreau where he like does experiments on people. I could just assume that's probably around the same level as Jeffrey uh, Epstein's Island. Probably not a lot of fun. And yeah. Then UFOs seem to be a big one now, also. Yeah.
1: Well, and and if you remember the whole raid the Area 51 movement,
0: 150 people showed up.
1: Well, the, the the beginning of the whole movement yeah. and the posts and everything happened the same day that Jeffrey Epstein was arrested. Oh, really? Yeah, that whole thing took over the internet the day that he was arrested.
0: And then, and then, some people in the in in certain worlds were saying that two mass shootings also yeah happened, just
1: right? within a week. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, and and you know it it's a it's a like the thing about noticing these these um, events and how they happen and, and, you know, while I, I hope it's coincidence. I hope it's coincidence. I, I hope that I'm wrong about everything that, you know, seems to be laid out. You know what I mean? Like, like, like I hope that there's not, you know, elite pedophiles. Like I hope that there's not, you know, orchestrated events that happen, but it just seems to me that, you know, so much of this stuff not only goes unanswered and so many stones unturned, But, you know, um, it just, too many things seem weird and out of place, you know, to not be disproven. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It's weird. And
0: I think it always goes back to guns, and this is why, because the Second Amendment will never change. We're not going to have this conversation, because we know we both want to jump out of the window. (laughs) But think about it, and then all of a sudden we go back to shootings, then we talk about guns, and then, like you said, everything else is forgotten. Like, don't take my gun, we will take your gun, and then it's like but we still want to know what happened over here with this and they're yeah, like yeah. no 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 it's about guns now
1: well and i and i think that that's where the responsibility lies on the person seeking the information you know i think that um, if we want to know if we don't want to be inundated with you know talk of of you know, gun rights, you know, you, you can, you can pull that tug of war all day, but if you don't want to hear about that, then don't go to your major news sources. Cause that's where that narrative is going to be all over the place. You're going to need to find, this is where independent journalism, um, where, uh, um, freelance, um, writers and stuff like this where a lot of people that are in it for the right reasons that aren't out there to write blogs for cancel culture you know what i mean they're actually Mm -hmm. trying to find stories that matter and they're trying to um expose the truth you know what i mean that's where you just kind of gotta you 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 gotta get your news from a lot of different sources you have to find every angle that it's being told in and you kind of have to draw your own conclusions because at the end of the day we only have what we're told you know what i mean um, and we either do with any new information what we will, or we ignore it. You know, it's it's just one of those. It's a weird and crazy thing.
0: Well, I actually downloaded an app. It's called Medium. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those places where you can go find articles, but that's not in the mainstream and things like okay. that. And they have other pretty cool articles on there. Um, and, because um. you're right though is and i also use twitter more than anything else yeah because so if a story breaks and i always tell people all the time they're like i use twitter and people like well i don't know how to use it like you don't have to use it you don't have to tweet and say things and yeah like so you know you go to the trending thing and then so if something's trending you'll get like eight different like writers so you can like like okay and you'll find one and you notice that like okay he, he or she is this way and, and i start following them yeah. and then i start you know find their sites
1: and and that <clears throat> um that usually is a pretty decent tactic except um for the day that twitter gets even more so um twitter has been you know banning people left and right for you know um all types of stuff uh that you know is subjective to whether or not it's warranted, but it just, it, they control that sort of thing. And so does Google and YouTube. And you know what I mean? And
0: it's weird though, is because you can be on Twitter and watch porn stars do yeah. things. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> Hey, I mean, but I mean, it uh, like you said, it's cancer cult, cancel culture, which is probably in 2019 is really, really went full, full steam oh, ahead. Yeah. Oh, and Absolutely. And it, it always makes you wonder, I mean, because even from James Gunn, um, all the way from tweets from six years ago, and that's why I always tell people, and I manage people for a living, and I always go, I go, don't text things. And they're like, unless it's something trivial, like, hey, I need you to order Kleenexes, right? But don't try to get a certain point across in a the text. They're like, why is like That can be interpreted so many different ways. Yeah. And so if you have to say something, I know it's weird, Like, like talk to them face to face. I know this is a weird concept. Yeah. Uh, and, and I said, call them. And I said, that way it can't be misconstrued. Yeah. And I said, the third thing is screenshots. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: And I said, I'm not trying to te- teach people how to get out of things. Yeah. But it could be, mi- I mean, there's so many ways you can misconstrue anything anybody's saying. Oh, absolutely. Especially with tweets. And I guess you even if you put well or my favorite is LQTM, laughing quietly to myself. That's what I put i stole it from um where did i get that That's uh, hilarious oh man this is like 10 years 10 years old dimitri martin oh okay when he used to draw um, oh yeah, and, yeah yeah, and he put yeah. i don't laugh out loud uh, lqtm and me and one of my best friends text it back and forth lqtm because i'm not actually laughing out loud i'm laughing quietly to myself
1: that's hilarious
0: so i give credit when i steal things there you go that's that's key absolutely so what is the, what is your process? One um, well, of the other questions was, what is, what is your process for writing? Um, It's mainly for me, it's
1: I write premises and record them on my phone. If I'm driving, I'll do it vocally. If I put it on, uh, if I'm out somewhere, I'll just put a premise on my phone. And then I like to try to explore it on paper, pen to paper, just because I like the act of writing, you know. It helps me slow down my thought process. Um, and also, once I put it on paper, I can kind of look at it and get a little bit different perspective, make some adjustments and that sort of thing.
0: Do you wake up in the middle of the night?
1: I mean. I do because I have sleep apnea.
0: Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I I, uh, I, I, I wake up and rock and I'm, the CPAP dog. Yeah. I can't, yeah.
0: I can't do it. Yeah. I but i I have a journal next to my book with or next to my book, next to my bed, and then I I've been starting writing stuff in there. Just so not necessarily something funny or whatever, but some of it's yeah. also like dreams and I write it down in there, sure. but but I'll come up from a dream like, hey, that's pretty funny, and I'll write it down and and then because you know, trying to use your phone at like three thirty in the morning mm-hmm. and write some down and It's then the I,
1: brightest thing you've ever seen. It's yeah. like it like, hurts your eyes. It's like Jesus Christ.
0: I wrote something down not too long ago and it was so incoherent. <laughs>
1: So, so you can't even see the letters. It's just like a, a light in your face. Uh, so
0: I had must have had a lot. I must have had really bad like lack of oxygen when I wrote this. Yeah. So and because I'm always ex- because a lot of people now is is they still they use their phones and you see it a lot when well, they type it in like on on I- iPhones you have the notes. Um, but I'm always interested in like the writing the writing process. Yeah,
1: I actually really enjoy writing on stage. Um, I. Um, we'll maybe have a couple of ideas of some tags I want to try but if something comes to me on stage I might just say it and if it pops it pops if it doesn't then it doesn't you know obviously you know I try to save those moments for open mics but um, you know you, you never know when a good line just comes in the moment and you know that's why I record each of my sets and yeah
0: so do you video record or just audio record
1: I usually just do audio I mean I i um you know i i'll video record some of them you know what i mean if, if i think i'm gonna do i kind of just save the video for like if i'm you know making a video to send to clubs or if i'm you know doing something like that i uh for the most part do audio um just to kind of listen back to it like a tape you know what i mean like, like a football tape or
0: something like that so and then that's the other thing is do you when you get booked on clubs, I mean, yeah. do you send things out to people?
1: That's uh, – yeah, yeah, yeah. Most clubs want you to send um, – they either have, like, a booking page that you fill out and attach, like, either YouTube link or, like, you know, whatever link um, to your website or whatever, wherever your stuff is. And so that way they can, you know, watch you do a set, um, uh, you know, kind of check out your social media, see what sort of, you know, following you have and uh, – you know, they go from there.
0: Yeah. And so, because a lot of times is, is there a certain, um, is there a certain place, places that like famous clubs, any place like that where, you know, like I want to go there and do that one day. Um, I mean,
1: yeah, that there, you know, the big clubs, the biggest, you know, obviously the store, the seller would be incredible. um, but uh, I think there are some other cool clubs. I think I'd like to go to Acme in Minneapolis. I heard that one's pretty cool. I've also heard that uh, um, oh, what's it called? Oh, shit, I can't think of it. Um, but uh, but Acme in Minneapolis would be really really cool. I think. Um, uh, oh, Comedy Works in Denver would be awesome. That's one. I've I've seen a show there, but I, I you know. That's just a badass club underground.
0: Is, what about L.A.?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the store, the Laugh Factory. Um, the store, the Laugh Factory would be dope. The improv um, are kind of the big three there in town, all right there on the strip. But the store would definitely be... biggest one yeah
0: i mean because um i just i just think they'd be great because i follow them on twitter and it always has who's coming in all those different rooms and
1: murderers constantly dude you can't you can't not get a lineup of killers
0: and it's just and and i mean i wonder how i mean they always say be confident but be humble and that's something i believe in but yeah sure i don't know about confident yeah In that one i mean because it's so um rogan was telling the story um there's a I can't think of the female comedian but she's newer and she was in a room with not a whole lot of people and then so like they ducked in to watch it watch her and, and she didn't she didn't know they were in there watching it right and like based on the laughter she was getting more people were coming into that little room yeah and i thought how cool would that be yeah just dude. Good, you know and getting the compliment and because i think because one thing we talked about and is there, there's pros like we have a great relationship uh, comedy. I always ask you to give me honest feedback. Sure. But there are some cons and just like any other industry that you're in. And I can't remember uh, Calvin told me this. He's like, uh, I think it was Calvin or Devon or might've been you. Like one guy will tell you you're great or one guy might tell you suck because he's, he's, he's afraid of how good you, you know? Yeah. What's yeah. It, no, what's the, that? I think he had a weird saying about it.
1: Well, I mean, it's at the end of the day, I mean, comedy is a competition. You know what I mean? You are um competing with the people around you to get spots. Um now there are certain things that we can do to kind of create opportunities for ourselves, but at the end of the day, there are x amount of comics, there are x amount of spots. Um so, you know, some people are going to put that competition above the community and will tell you things, you know, give you bad advice just out of you know feeling threatened that's that happens i don't know if it's ever happened to me i don't know that um i don't know of anyone particularly that has done it but i've heard of it happening several several times to other people um so i mean that's definitely a thing that i've heard happen um but uh but yeah no and i i think that i think you you can kind of tell most of the time if someone's sincere or not you know
0: yeah, I mean that's and I mean I I went up and judged that show with you when they were doing the um, World Series World Series of Comedy yeah. or whatever and and like you hand me a piece of paper and you're like hey judge these people and I was like what yeah because like like some of them were just like, like, like everybody was like you know great good. yeah yeah, yeah. Hey, everyone was good and you know it's it wasn't in you know I've been around open mics I've been to other you know comedy shows paid people to watch or whatever but these guys were I was like holy cow yeah and I felt bad. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean I didn't feel bad obviously. I mean, you know what I'm saying, but I was just like I want like all you guys, are like, you know, care about what you're doing. Yeah. And so, my favorite one, I can't think of his name, but he was the one in the suit.
1: Oh, oh. yeah, 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 K Francis Norris. Oh, man. He was up here for he did our I Ryan Miller show. I yeah. saw
0: it. <laughs> people didn't get his jokes at first like, but like, yeah, he's got some, he's, he's got an interesting joke writing. So I like it a lot. Oh, he, I was dying laughing and he looked like a million bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of those things is, and that's why I like about it. Cause there, there are some unwritten rules to comedy, right? Yeah. And we talked about this little, maybe two years ago. Um, is there any unwritten rules in there that you think are kind of silly, or do you think like unwritten? Well, you're a big baseball fan, so am I. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, like if if you hit our guy, we'll hit you. I have no yeah. problem with that. Just don't hit him in the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, you don't bunt when there's you know a no hitter going.
1: Yeah, that's the worst. That's that's the worst. Um, as a pitcher, that's just the worst. Um, are you are you just talking about in general or in yeah. comedy? In uh, comedy, actually. Well, yeah. I mean. <sighs> I think the the whole no shorts, I, I, I feel like the whole no shorts on stage thing is valid in a ticketed paid situation. But I feel like if it's the middle of July and you're in a bar telling jokes that may or may not be properly air conditioned or whatever... Wear shorts, man. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to wear shorts, I don't think you should be demonized for wearing shorts to a comedy open mic. You, if you're funny, it won't matter. You know what I mean? Like, that that just doesn't really... I, I don't care about that. Like, like I, honestly, th- there are some people that, like, will ask you to next time wear pants to their mic. That's fine with, you know, if you want to do that, that's fine. And, and it's usually not that big of a request. But I don't really mess with it. I just think it's kind of well, arbitrary.
0: And, and, and like I said... Um, I agreed with you a hundred percent. We talked yeah. that one time when I was a count top. Talk, we talked about it, but what drove me insane was I wore shorts because I, whatever, cause just got off work and you know, I wore pants ever since. But then I see some of the other people's outfits. I'm like, you're worried about shorts. Yeah. Like, okay, but I'll do what you need me to do. Mm-hmm. Like this guy, you know, and it just, it just makes me laugh. But speaking of speaking of the comedy, we were talking about cancel culture. Um, why do you think it's exploding?
1: Well, cancel culture. Yeah. What? Well, I think it. I We've think always it's, had
0: complainers.
1: Well, yeah, but now you know, um, there's so many different options for, um, like, honestly, all it would take for if if say Netflix were to someone at Netflix or or Netflix did something that you know was cancelable, deemed their cancellation to the social justice warrior community, then it would only require X amount of people to go on and boycott or unsubscribe from your service to destroy you. You could be destroyed in, you know, weeks, just simply from people going and unsubscribing from your service. I think that we can, we have the power now as consumers to just kind of, you know, we can we can stop buying amazon we can stop watching snl on youtube you know what i mean we can we can boycott that in a very real way because all this stuff kind of relies on social media and the internet which is dictated by the user to the to the from a monetary standpoint i think it's gotten traction because people are scared of the you know consumer consumer's power so they're bending to their request and but the, the issue with that is i think that there are certain entities um whether they be news websites or whether they be media outlets or news channels or whatever i think that the powers that control them have the ability to dictate what gets canceled and they have they tell them to write a story about this you know what I mean? Well, um, hey, we want to cancel this, so we're going to dig this thing up from ten years and get this person or thing destroyed.
0: And I, and because a lot of the cor- a lot of them are owned by uh, corporations.
1: Oh well, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. like new, you
0: know newspapers and you yeah, know, like Robert Murdoch owned you know and Sinclair yeah. Broadcasting. Oh yeah, and these are people that have their belief system and you Viacom know, and, you all know, that. I'm one of those, and I am one of those people where, like Tipper Gore back in the '90s, wanted <laughs> to had a, had a problem with uh, the parental advisory sticker. Yeah, um, and I think what I'm 39. We're right around the same age.
1: Oh, i am thre—I'll be 31. Okay, so well, ballpark
0: 30s. We just, 30s? 30s. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're both in our 30s. <sighs> um, <laughs> you're not even going to remember this. But anyway, Maybe. no, I, I, I might, I might it was know like, about it. It though. was like 1988. I was yeah. eight years old. So you weren't born yet. And um, I,
1: that was, was the year I was born.
0: What? 88. Yeah. Okay. So when they slapped the parental advisory on it, mm-hmm. I couldn't buy, go to karma and buy my hip hop. Yeah. So it made me want to buy it even more. Yeah. And that's that's th- what
1: prohibition does. Yes. Just ask the drug industry. Yes. You know what I mean? Just yeah. ask the gun industry.
0: Just ask.
1: Just ask, yeah. you know, um, any other, the opioid industry, the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, yeah, you know? alcohol
0: when they did it back yeah. in the 30s. Oh, yes. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Prohibition just, <laughs> you know, and and even on a, like a like a familial level, like what's when mom tells you not to do something, what's the number one thing you want to go do? That thing. Duh. You know what I mean?
0: Don't eat those cookies before yeah. dinner. Have
1: you seen um, – uh, do you know who Darren Brown is? No. Darren Brown is like a like a mentalist. he's a he's a uh, he's a psychoanalyst and he's able to um do just these insane bizarre things just simply by manipulating the human mind. And he has this video where he has a woman in a room and her job, he says you have one job. She has to sit in a room for 20 minutes. There's a clock, 20 minutes, and there's a stack of cash on the table. All she has to do is sit in there and not um, electrocute the kitten that's in this box with what looks like wires. It's fake. It's not real. But he says, you need to just sit in this room for 20 minutes and do not electrocute this kitten. And so he would do things like click the pin when he would say certain words like like electrocute. He would click the pin, and he would do these things that would kind of trigger the neural responses in the brain. And what's crazy is it got down to, like, the last 30 seconds, and with five seconds left, she, boom, electrocuted the kitten. Wow. She just had to wait another five seconds, would have all the cash, and the kitten would be alive. But it got to it, – it drove into her psyche – not to do it so she wanted to do it and with five seconds left she hit the button to electrocute the kitten and she turned like she didn't want to see it and then nothing happened and turns out it was all fake and an experiment but yeah he just told her not to electrocute the kitten could you
0: imagine what that did to her psyche oh man dude it's it's amazing i know this is kind of far-fetched but if you go if you look at the the killing joke Yeah, what the Joker did to Jim Gordon took this wholesome person tried to get him by the mental torture I'm gonna get you to flip yeah and then it's amazing how that can happen and what I think about cancel culture is I get I get some of it you know I get it you know if we want if we want to take the Cosby show off the air I get it whatever okay convicted he's been convicted whatever that's different but because somebody makes fun of something and they do it in a satire way. Yeah. I mean, that that's what I mean, because and I always bring this up. Go back to Blazing Saddles. That was the movie I grew up on. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And um, the intro to uh, our movie show, it says the sheriff is near. Yeah. You know, and we know what you know what he's really saying. But it's just the fact of like, hey, but and then everybody's like, well, you can't make that movie now. Yeah. We need that movie to be made.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know, it's, I don't know, it's one of those things where I think that if you ask the people that, that run cancel culture and support cancel culture, they think we need cancel culture because we need to fight the, you know, inherent racism that exists in America and I will not say that there is not inherent racism that exists in America in, in America. I just don't think that it's as, um, I, I don't think it's as neighborly as they want us to make it think, you know, the, the way that cancel culture works is like, you know, we need to cancel all of this thing because these few are bad. You know what I mean? Like, like Basically, like Vice coming out and trying to cancel Bill Burr and um, Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. like, was simply them saying these words are mean to us, and we uh, don't think anyone else should be able to enjoy them or, you know, benefit from producing these jokes. You know what I mean? And it's like, at what point do you get to dictate that? And the people who decide that are those that actually do the canceling. You know, Roseanne lost a show that she had worked her ass off for for years to bring that show back, and she takes too much Ambien, makes um, an unknowingly racist joke, and... Is completely removed from the conversation.
0: And let me let me ask you this: Let we'll me play devil's advocate, and I don't believe in this, by the way. Yeah. I just have to ask it.
1: It's like the modern version of send, of exiling someone. What they, a, they used to send people out in the desert just because they didn't like they just had done something. Because you know?
0: if you if you physically say something like that at work, you yeah. can be terminated, right? Yeah, but you can't be terminated even where I work by saying that on social media. You can't. No. You see my point though. Yeah. Like. You know, if, if it's, you know, there's two kinds of stupid, right? And there, there's someone who gets naked and right here in front of us and starts barking at the moon, right? We're going to have to deal with that one. Yeah. But if someone's off in the woods doing it. Yeah. All right. That's fine. You don't have to deal with that. Because yeah. there's always going to be that person like that. Oh, for sure. But we have to deal with that one. But I'm saying went online, said some things, because celebrity and they're on a show yeah. and there's money behind it then because if she would have said it and had nothing else going on they're like <laughs> well, she's you know that's roseanne yeah but because we have people political power who own probably stocks in these companies own yeah. stocks and i don't even know that was on abc right mm-hmm. i think it's on abc so and you know you go through look what money's being funneled into there yeah. and that's fine but, that's disney yeah if ABC's be, owned by disney yeah, yeah abc yeah disney yeah they're gonna end up everybody's worried about guns be worried about disney
1: yeah for they're, real they're buying everything that that's the that needs to be the fucking title of this episode everyone's <laughs> worried about guns be worried about disney
0: yeah and, and because everybody's okay because they have a little mouse but i mean do you yeah. know i mean look who i mean if you go back and look D- at disney's got some
1: disney's got some dark arts magic yes up in that motherfucker if you man. go back
0: and check the starting of disney you know it, it's almost like the um you know, when you go in the the old small world ride gimmick or whatever, you're you're like, yeah, everybody's happy, and you get out all of a sudden, you're just like hypnotized, like, yeah, what do you need me to do? What do you need me to do? Yeah, 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 kill this person. Yeah, I got you. And, yeah, 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 and, and that's
1: well, yeah. and you know, um, there were so many people that you know founded um, that uh, you know co-founded NASA, co-founded. Um, Disney co-founded all of these things that were a lot of them were defected Nazis yeah. you know it's it's like after World War II um, that we had like a Sam Tripoli nailed it perfectly he said uh, that they, they had like a like a fantasy draft of all the smart Nazi scientists and some of them went to Russia some of them went to the UK and some of them went to the US and uh, you know Cause it'd be one, and one of them started NASA
0: And I know this is really true. And helped start Disney. Really weird, because if you go through and watch Captain America Civil War... Yeah. No, it's a comic book movie, but that was... Some of those rumors into that writing was that's where that came from. It was like, we brought these people over here, and... Like they're in, they had more of an influence in our country than we ever want to admit, even though we oh, fought yeah. against them. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Like yeah, we you know we're gonna kill some Nazis. Yeah, but they had a big influence on a lot of our technology. Oh yeah, our, and that and that's yeah. We the, I mean the,
1: there were several um, there were several um, kind of Nazi operations that were um, kind of repurposed for the U.S. in years following World War II. Um, you know, a lot of their like you know, the MK Ultra Mind Control yes. and, and their their, you know, kind of studies on even into weird stuff like the men that stare at goats and stuff. That all kinda of came out of like um you know, the the, the the Nazis were a very very scientifically minded folk. Not that they not that they were in the you know, right obviously by any means. But they had
0: they they, they and I've heard someone say this, and I know people get mad. They, they, but the, they were mad scientists. But that mentality was brought to us. was like, so you want to get here. Yeah. You realize what you have to do to get here. It's going to be at all costs. Yeah. Because the Nazis, like, we're going to push forward, and there's nothing going to stop us because yeah. this is where you want to go. Is you know, and you've always heard it, you know, and that's one thing that I was reading about that where, you know, we got that mentality we want to get to the moon no matter what. We want to get to here no matter what. And then, you know, no matter what happened, and you know and it's it's and there's so much that we don't know and not the tie back into cancel culture but there's also fear into it sure because right now we're we're thinking that because you know everybody's worried about the nuclear family yeah i mean where did that idea come from though yeah it came from what tv yeah like they said hey this is what you should be husband wife two kids hopefully a son and daughter fence dog you know, wacky neighbor, whatever. Yeah, that
1: because they said the guy who just stares over the, yeah, uh, the guy who just stares over the fence and gives you advice.
0: Yeah, and the, yeah. Whole, the whole time he's putting lead in the water or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding, Mister Wilson.
1: <laughs> 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 wow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was my mindset though. Is when I started podcasting and people would say these things. I'm like, all right, whatever. And then I'm like. I'm going to look this up. And I realized that, like, you know, because if you go back to 1800s and and you talk about how people were living because they all stayed together. Like, you look at New York, it's still that way. You know, Chinatown, and then you have the Irish over here, Italians over here. Because they weren't doing, and then all of a sudden TV starts saying, no, 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 let's move out to the suburbs. Let's all have X, Y. And, and, And that was everybody's goal. I know that was, you know, my mom's goal when she was coming up Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was mine. Then all of a sudden, I'm like, I don't have to do this. Yeah. And then they're like, No, no, no. We're breaking down the nuclear family. Yeah. And there are some conspiracy theories is that the government is trying to take fathers out of the homes.
1: Well, I mean, there, uh, yeah, there are a lot of people that put that 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 have you know theories on that, and certainly you, you can't ignore the fact that the crack epidemic of the 80s uh, of the late 80s removed Mm -hmm. a lot of fathers both white and black Mm -hmm. mostly from low income neighborhoods uh, removed them from the home for a very very long time (coughs) and put them in jail and uh, you know a a large portion of our incarcerated persons are um, men of color Uh, I I believe one third of all of our incarcerated individuals are men of color and um, you know i i think that there a lot of men have been removed from the home now whether or not that's a conspiracy theory i mean is certainly obviously just that a theory i don't know a whole whole lot about it but i just know that there have been a lot of fathers removed from
0: and i I understand you know you know and uh, also through war yes yeah Mm because war never slows down because that i mean we make a ton of money off war and oh yeah it's so awful but we do make a ton of money off of war and then we have i mean we're in one of the longest wars we've had in the longest time and, yeah
1: it's and and the and, thing is no it, one
0: even knows it's still going on because we don't no one really talks about it
1: well and also it's a war against an idea it's not a war against an enemy you know what i mean when yeah. when we won world war Two is because we had a we had a tangible enemy you know the nazis and and the japanese and and the the rise of the communist dictatorship and the and the um you know we we had a we had a tangible enemy that we could physically defeat and call a victory to the war whereas the war on terror you know how do you fight terror we're we're terrified you know terror comes from our tv terror comes from um you know senseless acts of violence that happen you know what? Whether we're told about them or not, you know what I mean. It comes like, from
0: political speeches or men. Let's just say men. Yeah. Of, men of power. Let's just yeah, say men yeah, of power. Yeah, men,
1: men and women both. Yeah, you know men, I mean? Yes. Yeah, I mean it's not one sided. It's not. You know, um, uh, there are a lot of. You know, t- terror is such a broad thing. To how do you win a war on terror? Cause you know of, what I mean.
0: One of my favorite movies is V from Vendetta.
1: Yeah good good film
0: and and it makes you if you remember
1: remember the 5th of november gunpowder
0: treason and plot yeah you remember a lot of little things
1: yeah oh yeah
0: like i was like i really
1: do it's weird um sometimes i'll like pull out quotes (laughs) like my, my mom will just say something like hey what was the movie that one time we watched i can never remember the guy's name and i'll just say it and she'll be like yeah how did you know and I was like I just had a feeling like
0: I'd be like oh yeah that has you know Vigo Madison and in it, and then it also has Natalie Portman in it. like I could do that stuff and it was yeah. based on this but I struggle with uh struggle with I don't know yeah. why I struggle with quotes yeah that's a cool name I I mean that that's a cool movie but it made it really and I know it's a movie but it made me think was like the propaganda and the fear and mm-hmm. and I think that's what always brings uh, people. <laughs> How do I say without sounding offensive? How do I? Mm, people that don't really think for themselves, like, and they're like, hey, feed, sheep. Yeah, sheep. Feed yeah. feed me this. Yes. Well, they say they're going to do this. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And it's, you're like, it's, it's what, and I know that was a southern accent. I get it. but
1: Yeah. yeah well, and, you know, you got to, you know, you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> I... I think that and but at the same time, you, you know, there's just as many, you know, soccer moms out there that are like, I've been hearing about this now. You know what I mean? This is they're got to cancel the they gotta get all the vapes off the streets. It's like
0: And then I talked to my wife about yeah, it. Where's I, the
1: outrage over cigarettes? You know what I mean? Like like come on.
0: And then like uh, T C Ian, one of my, you know, um, TC I hope you're doing better Um, he broke his leg yeah oh shit I know it was a long recovery and I haven't texted you but I don't even text anybody so (laughs) I don't but but it was it's (laughs) it's like hey my wife asked me I was like my son got caught vaping right yeah and long this is been six seven months ago and my wife was kind of worried I was like no I was like you know I get why you're worried she's like what about this stuff I said Steph they're buying and it's also, I brought up the USADA thing. Yeah. She's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, okay, a lot of UFC stars got pop for things. She's like, why? I was like, because they bought them from China, came from there. Yeah. And then they're mixing these vats. They don't clean out the vats and they keep making things. That's why they sell things a lot cheaper.
1: Yeah. And, and also, this is yet another negative side effect of prohibition. If we were able to uh, decriminalize, I don't even know if I want national legalization of cannabis. I just want national decriminalization. The federal government should just amend the Constitution and say, we have uh, no right to bear judgment on this. It's a state's issue the state that you're in dictates whether or not cannabis use and growth or whatever is legal, um, which then would allow small business and the market to dictate itself. And you would have the best product would rise to the top and you would be able to go pick. You would know what you're getting. You're getting something either raw and organic made in, in the proper fashion to, to, you know, get it. Or you get um, a little tube in a rubber thing that, you know, you um, want to, you know, just get for the cheap, you know, you know what you're getting. But when the, the only thing you have available and the only thing you can get legally is the cheap stuff, then, you know, that's just shit that happens.
0: Yeah, and, and it was funny as we have a, like right away we had an overreaction because I think a lot of time is we're not proactive or reactive. So, all of a sudden, you have, like you said, soccer moms with the vape thing yeah. calling up and be like, hey, we can't be having this. And all of a sudden, it's yeah. like, hey, we're going to ban all these. Yeah. And I'm like, you realize that you can still smoke a cigarette, which is actually worse than vaping. Yeah. But these guys – so, do you know how cheap cigarettes are made?
1: I, I mean, I don't – I've never seen the, the How It's Made episode.
0: Yeah, because they won't ever let you in there. Yeah. So, my Marlboro rep a long time ago went – and they showed him how it was made. He said, you know, you can smell coffee, you can smell chocolate, like you can smell all these things, right? And I was like, well, how they make the cigarettes? Like, oh, it's a conveyor belt. So, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And then a lot of tobacco falls to the ground. Mm-hmm. This is the part he you telling me, you know, that no one's, really, not saying it's a secret, but kind of a lot of people don't know this. They, sweep, they would sweep it back up and then run it back through again, sweep yeah. it up, run it back in. So, like, in 1999, 96, 97, Cavalier cigarettes were 99 cents. So you'd smoke them and they would pop, they would crack, they'd burn your throat, and that's because <laughs> it was all the swept up tobacco. Oh yeah.
1: my god, dude! So that's like that—that's like how they got mystery flavored Dum Dums. Yeah, because all, all the Dum Dums that got miswrapped just went back through and got a mystery slapped on them. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so they would... So someone be like, well, "Why don't you smoke like GPC?" And I was like, "No, yeah." And and like, if you smoke a cigarette, it kind of <clears throat> burns your throat just because these pe- there was no effort put into the cigarette. Sure. And I and he, I remember him telling me that, and I was just like, "I was like, no wonder those cigarettes used to pop and crackle, and, and it was just yeah. because there be rat turds, all kinds of things in there."
1: Oh my god. And, Gross. And, but
0: you're worried about vaping. Yeah. Yeah. But we are, like you bring a full circle, You're co- we're consumer base, so we're trying to look for the least expensive way possible. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, if you're an underage kid on social media, on Instagram, there's ways you can order it. Oh, yeah. My son's 16. He has a debit card. If he yeah. really wanted to buy some, he can. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, but we need to do that. But I, I think cancel culture is never going to stop. But... If you go to a comedy show, you know, I get if you pull Michael Richards and like go way over the top. Yeah. You know, and start throwing the N word at well, everybody. And
1: and and but he also had malicious intent. Like he was not trying to tell a bit. He was not he was yelling at someone in the audience. Well, you know I what was, I mean?
0: I watched a little thing on him and he was so adamant about being a professional comedian or a com, uh, professional comedic actor <sighs> that when other people laugh on the show, it would make him mad or when his other, when they would break character it made him angry.
1: Mm. So then he tries up.
0: I know. Is this true? What, what I, an idiot. And I watched this video. Oh, I watched this video last night. Like at one in the morning, I was watching it and, um, and it made me think though. So, and he was so proud to make, you know, of his comedic <coughs> performance, which is awesome. You know, Seinfeld's, you know, one, of, one yeah. of my favorite shows. But now you go and watch it, and then, you know, Jerry would crack up, George. and But you never really saw him crack up until they did. But kind of on his face, <coughs> um, you could kind of see it like, I'm just doing my job. I'm trying to be the best. Yeah.
1: And- Meanwhile, Jerry is constantly smiling in every <laughs> single take. He's just like, what is the – what, George. George. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's the deal, Elaine? Because he's like, I'm not supposed to be here, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, why are you guys? What's wa- the like deal? He, Why are you guys watching this? Yeah, I could just see him being that, like, that humble, going. They're watching me drive around these cars drinking coffee. Yeah. Like, how boring <laughs> are your lives? Yeah. That show's a great show. I love it I love the, the insight of it. Yeah. Um, and then he caught hell for not having enough black people in there, and I'm like, Eddie Murphy, Dave Chappelle, you know. I it's, mean, it's just, I don't, but that's, that's where you, that's where you're right on that is people are looking to be upset. He's about also had like,
1: Indian people, Italian people. He's had Hispanic people. See, you know what I mean? The weird pa- is, people find shit to be upset with.
0: The only one I didn't really enjoy was one with Matthew, Matthew Broderick. Cause Oh really? Like I, Broderick just like, yeah, you know, you yeah do we have to go out today. <laughs> they're playing catch at the Mets uh, at Shea stadium and stuff. And it was, yeah. it was just it was like, and that's Jerry going, Hey, well, what do you think with this episode? Hey, when we go play baseball? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. And he's just like, they're going to, he got a Jersey and a hat and they're out yeah. there hitting. And I'm just like, that's Jerry knowing like this show is silly, but if you're going to let me do it, I'm going to have some fun. And those car, I love those cars. Um, yeah. And then one thing that they brought up in the Chappelle thing um, was Louis CK. Yeah. And I honestly think that if he wants to go to a club and perform and someone wants to have him, then where's the problem?
1: Yeah, no. And, and that's the, yeah. Because no, he wasn't convicted and, and, of a crime, right? No, no. But he, you know, uh, certainly was uh, cited as, um, you know, someone who committed assault. And if someone feels that they were assaulted by what he did, then, you know, you can't take that away from them. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, they didn't press any charges. Uh, he was just, again, he was canceled. And so, yeah, no, I, I think on the baseline, I think logically, yeah, if a, if a place wants to have him and people are willing to pay to go see him and he's willing to perform, then I think absolutely they have the right to do that. But because of the world of social media, any club that does have him will be smeared to millions of people. And in the world of social media, not all good, not all bad press is good press.
0: No. And then uh, the problem was Chappelle brought up some po- counterpoints to the things of other things and mm-hmm. people like, well, we don't want to look at the other side. Yeah. No, you're a bad person. You're going to stay a bad person. Yeah. And at one point
1: in that special, he said, if you don't like what I'm saying, remember you clicked on my ass or something yep. like that. You know what I mean?
0: And, and the fact of the matter was, uh, I don't know, it's amazing how. The fall from grace is so fast, but the the fight back up is so much so much harder. For sure. I mean, there are a lot of awful people out there. You know, you have your wine scenes He's an awful person. Yeah. But why was he able to? Why was he able to go around for so long? Because yeah. he was able to do things for people. Like, well, yeah. You know, I want to. Yeah. So, and I think that's where and people are like, well, people should stand up faster or. I'm like, it is a scary situation at times. Yeah. You've always wanted to be an actor. He was a gatekeeper. Yes. And, yeah. and he's an awful human being. Yeah, and that, for and sure. That, and that's so I don't know, but I just think that it's okay to joke about things that that might not seem funny to everybody. But here's another point though. Antonio Brown just got released, right? Yeah. Everybody was so happy about it. Just you know, and I get why they are, but we don't really know all the facts and everything, right? Yeah. And I was talking to RB about this. I said it's guilty before innocent anymore. Yeah, it's. I, mean, it's I literally changed. I,
1: I, accusations are, um, are condemnation. Um, for instance, Garrison Keeler perfect example, Garrison Keillor, the former voice of, um, Prairie Home Companion, you know, very famous radio personality, uh, was accused, um, a couple of few, well, a few years ago of, um, when, you know, a lot of folks are coming forward due to the Me Too movement. Um, uh, someone came forward and said that, uh, Garrison Keeler had grabbed them when what had actually happened was, um, uh, she was getting up out of a chair and he thought she was going in for a hug, but she wasn't. And when he, he went for the, the hug, his hand accidentally hit her lower back and her and her and her her butt cheek and he immediately apologizes like I'm so sorry I thought you were coming in for a hug a complete misunderstanding she said she completely understood no harm no foul they actually exchanged emails saying you know this is not a problem I understand it was an accident 5 years later someone brings this up and Garrison Keeler gets removed from Perry Home Companion loses his you know good name over something that had been resolved at the moment it happened and You know, no one goes back, and you can't uncancel someone. No. Unless you're O.J. Simpson. Somehow he's popular again and, like, a part of social media. That's kind
0: of what makes me sick. Yeah. You know, people are laughing and joking, like... (laughs) Yeah, sure. It's just just juice.
1: Yeah, and and the thing about... The other thing about cancel culture is there are people that should be canceled, and I think that, um, you know, the things that they have, you know, that there are... Um, accusations and weird situations around a lot of people that if they were to come to the light you know what I mean or be proven absolute that could destroy you know a lot of potential you know institutionalized important people and uh, you know I don't know I, I just think that there's so many skeletons to be overturned that to cancel someone based off of a public performance or something that they said some time ago just seems like nothing when you know there are far worse things that you know are being accused and are being swept under the rug you know it's like they pick and choose
0: no and you bring that back to a great point back to epstein right yeah so we have comedians will get canceled shows will get canceled you know and everything will be canceled but we know there's something there but there, nothing's probably gonna come out about it even though we know a lot of bad people a lot of people probably did some bad things
1: well here's, here's my thing about it I think that so when the FBI raided Epstein, they raided his house, they raided his island, they raided everything they got his hard drives, they got his computers they got his safes full of tapes, full of photographs they have the evidence it's what's gonna be done with it that's gonna be the question uh, the day before he died, they released over 2,000 um, court documents from the previous case um, in which uh, certain people are named um, as either co-conspirators or, you know, um, or, uh, you know, accomplices or whatever. Um, and so the information lies with the people who dictate what happens with it. And... Um, you know, I think that right now there's a big sorting game going on between who's going to play ball and who's going down. And I think that leading up to the election year, I think that we're going to see a lot of those cards fall. I think we're going to see a lot of, uh, we're going to see some things come out that there are already in the last week or two, there have been a bunch of stories break about local pastors, local um, politicians and important people of communities, you know, molesting teenagers and, and young children and stuff. And they're finally coming to the light. And I think that, um, that there's a darkness there that, you know, as, as, you know, interested as I am in the subject. And, uh, you know, I just think there's so much more that I have no idea about. and I don't think any of us will know about. Um, and I think a lot of stuff's going to come to the light that is going to, change the way we see things
0: i, I agree i th- i think
1: <sighs> for better or for worse. Not, and honestly i'll say this again i hope i'm wrong i hope that all of this is just completely made up and that i've wasted all this time on something that doesn't exist i hope there are not thousands of children millions of children in yes, the world that are, that are ah, you know but but at the at the end of the day i just think there's too many questions left unanswered
0: yeah because in in your in your right is because we're to the point now i mean 9-11 changed us Yeah, I mean, you know, and obviously Pearl Harbor, and I'm not going to say like this could, but it could be this event. Oh, it could be, um, it it absolutely could be, you know, um, the
1: apocalypse. The apocalypse actually literally translated means um, the end of the world, which which certain adaptations or interpretations of that mean not necessarily that our planet is destroyed or that mankind is destroyed, but the way we see our world, our world culturally, our world um, politically, our world morally could be changed forever. And I think that something like this um, that should very major world influencers um, come out somehow as, you know, predators of some kind i think that that sort of thing could change um the way that we live day to day
0: and i think now with and we're about to wrap up here but cancel culture and also gotcha culture and part of me and i don't want to say snitch culture but pe- hashtag Takashi six nine. that's right but i think <laughs> um people are not afraid to be like you know what I'm gonna put this out here I want to find this out sure and they'll do it by any means necessary yeah and before though there's you know there's investigative journalism that was great and obviously there's still a lot of great now but I think the political climate is so so bad and then I think the right person will can get that out there and I, I I mean if they're doing, like I said, I hope they're not doing as bad as things. Yeah, right? We know our country's done some really bad stuff. Oh, yeah. But if we went that far and we kept covering it up because people had political power and, and the money, then yeah, whew, that would not be... Uh, like yeah, I we said,
1: basically gave St. Louis syphilis. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, that yeah, that was an actual government. Um, yep. They, they said they were giving out vaccines, but we're actually you know injecting people with diseases i don't know if it exactly was syphilis but it was it was some sort of disease they called it a vaccine and uh, wanted to see how it would con- see how it would play out in the population
0: yeah and and that goes back to like we were saying when we had the influx of scientists and and yeah and also it's like how far like if you want to if you want to see the other side you're gonna to have to do what everything at all costs yeah like you guys do everything at all costs with war yeah but you're going to have to do it to advance science to advance yeah. the technology so yeah so um, what do you got going going on uh, coming up here soon so that this will probably uh, uh, what do you got going on the in October into November do you have anything uh, off the top of your head
1: uh, end of October yep um, I think we got some cool Halloween stuff coming up at Kettle Top. We got a Halloween party and stuff. Um, as far as comedy goes, open mic every other, uh, every other Wednesday starting, uh, I think October 2nd is our first mm-hmm. in October. So every other Wednesday. And, uh, if this happens to come out in time, probably not, but October 12th is my, uh, um birthday show up at Kettle Top and we've got Dan Alton, David Brooks, uh Austin Fry and Mo Mitchell coming through to to tear it up.
0: So, yeah, I was there at the last one that Austin and Mo was at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. good times. He give me VIP seats. Yeah, hell yeah, man. It was, it was yeah, it was snowing that night. It was. It and,
1: was uh it was January,
0: yeah. Yeah, it was it was awesome. If you get a chance go to Kettle Top um even if they're not anything going on their food's great the staff's great yeah come on um, through they have live music we have and, a cigar bar opening right next door and then um creatures of
1: habit brewing company right down the street we're all affiliated with share ownership so um
0: yeah yeah go see them and then like their comedy is great and they have live music at time and mm-hmm. then um Everyone's really friendly up there. Yeah, took me off, took me off first time. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. It kind of catches you off guard, but we try to, you know, it's pretty clichés, but we try to rock that cheers atmosphere, you know what yeah, I
0: mean? Yeah, cuz when when you've been in Indianapolis so long, you're like, what do you want?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like I I know you, but there's too many of you. What do you want? <laughs> like, I recognize your face, but as long as your card works, whatever.
0: So, but no, I always appreciate when Kyle comes on, um, cuz I know we can talk more about comedy and and everything else and 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 uh and we talk about almost everything, but I I wanted to have him on because I always enjoy having Kyle on. Kyle's uh, pretty. I, awesome.
1: I I love coming in and doing your show, whether it whether it's SmugCast or or you know your new project. Which uh, congratulations, this is a fantastic
0: show. I've had a blast. And then this is kind of what I wanted to do was there's not a lot of distractions. We don't yeah. have YouTube playing. We know yeah. this playing. It's I can sit down and actually ask you, yeah, and let you actually sure. talk about what's going on yeah um ap says i still do talk too much i'm (laughs) working on that but it's hard though um the difference is is if i didn't know you'd be different but we've hung around each other so many times oh for sure um so that's easy so no i'm glad you came on yeah um thanks for everybody tuning in i really appreciate it uh stay tuned after this i will have all the social media where you can find me and everything that i have coming up all right i'll see you next week kids oh if you'd like to get in contact with the show, the email is TheBJRobbinsProject at gmail.com. Facebook is BJ Robbins. Twitter is at the BJ Robbins. Instagram is BJ underscore Robbins. And Snapchat is the BJ Robbins. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to one of those platforms so we can make that happen. Thank you.